Yo, what up? We are back with another episode of Big Ten Coast to Coast. It's your boy, Ant Wright, along with Maddie, Matt, Lukens. What's up, man? What up, what up, what up? Uh, Just putting the AirPods in. All right. I know that you had said that, you know, we should do – we can do, like, the football part last. But, like, really, like, there's there's only, like, a couple things in football, and we can kind of get, get that out the way. Uh, first of all uh, – Terrible news down in Virginia. Three football players got gunned down by a former football player. Um, the three of those guys, they had, you know, they were the former teammates of uh, um, the starting center at Michigan. You know, that's that's kind of be that's got to be heartbreaking to kind of wake up to or like uh, find out in the middle of the night. Um, and one of them, I believe, came from Wisconsin as well. So uh, that's got to be that's got to be tough. That's got to be extremely tough and heartbreaking. I've seen some of their families posts like like always hug your loved ones, and they're like posting texts saying that you know this was our last text chain. It's like hey, they're going back and forth, and then you said one 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 last text. That's never going to be responded to, and never going to be re- replied. So. Um, that's that's uh that's just that's just awful to hear. That's just awful to hear. That's just I, I, it's a tragedy. Um, also, the guy is posted without bail. I'm pretty sure, or he's stuck in jail without bail, rightfully so. Um, I don't know. It's just it's one of those things you hear about and go like you just hope it doesn't happen to you or your family or people you know. And um, I guess it's just awful. Right. There's there's nothing good about that situation at all. It's extremely sad. Just all around extremely sad. And like it wasn't like these these guys were like quote unquote up to no good. Like they were they 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 like took a field trip somewhere and then like that ends up happening, you know, and that's just and that's just incre- inc- incredibly sad. Um so you know I am thinking about those families down in Virginia because, you know, I am from here and um, it is about two and a half hours away. But, you know, that's uh, that's got to be devastating for the team, the community, um, because it is a tight knit group. And uh, and that's got to be really, really, really tough. Really, really tough. Um, yeah. I mean, it's like a family, right? So, again, it's like. Jesus. Um, okay. So let's let's move on here to the to the Big Ten West clinching scenarios because I know people either have questions or they yep. saw it or they were confused. Um, I I'm bringing it up straight from the Big Ten Network. They posted this a couple days ago, and they they put it pretty simple. Uh, there's four teams who can win and clinch the Big Ten West. Okay, Purdue, mm-hmm. Iowa. Illinois, Minnesota. All right. So Purdue, yep. if they win both games and Iowa loses one, they clinch. Right. If Iowa wins both games and Illinois loses one, Iowa clinches. If Illinois wins mm. both games and Purdue loses, Illinois clinches. If Minnesota wins both games and Illinois and Purdue lose, they clinch right away. Right away, Illinois and Minnesota are kind of in a very tough spot Um, because they need to win out, and that includes beating Michigan, a team who is aiming for back-to-back trips to the Big Ten championship and a college football playoff. And they may not have Chase Brown. Chase Brown is one of the top running backs in the entire country. And to not have him would be a devastating blow to their offense. Uh, Minnesota, uh, they would have to win both games and Illinois lost. Well, actually, no, it's just Illinois. is in a, They're like fourth to me here because they have the most things that they have to do. And I think Iowa – I think Iowa and Purdue, Iowa and Purdue are in the are in the best shape, um, and I'll put Minnesota's third in this. 
I think Purdue's in the best shape by far. Um, by far. Well, they're they have the easiest they have the easiest quote unquote easiest two games. Oh yeah, they, they have the easiest two games. They play Northwestern this weekend, and then they play IU um, over Thanksgiving yep. weekend. Um, both those are the two worst teams in the Big Ten back to back. I do think this is Purdue's to lose. Though Purdue hasn't been known to choke these before. Still, it's Purdue's. I think it's Purdue's title, Big Ten West title, to lose in a trip to, to Indianapolis. Can they have the tiebreakers um, over Iowa? They have a tiebreaker over um, both. I think they're ahead of the standings, anyways, over uh, Minnesota and Illinois. So you you kind of just I kind of look at it and I go, yeah, this is kind of Purdue's to lose. Uh, Iowa's sitting there nice and pretty as well with chance in case Purdue slips up. But again, they have to play Minnesota, um, and then I believe on the road, on the road, on the road. Yep, and then they play Nebraska to finish out the year. Um, so my thoughts on this is Illinois choked this. Is this supposed to be Illinois's? Um, and they went and they lost to Michigan State, who I thought they would beat. Um, I thought they would have been fine even if they lost to Purdue and Michigan. I think they still would have been, um, you know, kind of, you know, in the hunt there because I thought Purdue might lose a game or two outside of the uh, what they did. They did not. Um, so, again, Illinois, I was very high on, and they, they choked it. They blew a 3-1. They blew a 3-1. They did. They blew a 3-1 lead. They, they choked this. They should have beaten Michigan State. They did not. They played a terrible game at home. And they had a game – at home against Purdue, that that was very winnable, came up short. Which was that was for the West. That game yep. was for the West. Yep, and they did, they did, they did they they blew it. They did they don't deserve it. Um, uh, you know they're they're a good team. They're better than I thought they were going to be in this year. They were they're a great story, but they don't deserve it because they they lost the two games that they needed to win. That's the end. At the end of the day, it's unfortunate. Yeah, it's unfortunate that like you know you you have a team who probably should have started out eight zero, right? Probably going to start yeah. out 8-0. And then 8-0 against a Michigan State team and Purdue team at home. Like, you're looking at a 10-0 team going into this Michigan game where Illinois is looking like they're probably at number six in the CFP this week. Mm-hmm. That really yep. makes you think. And I know it was like, ooh, they could have, would have, if, should have, would have. But, but, like, when you are 8-0, so, like, say they call that touchdown correctly against Indiana – you're now eight and zero. I don't think that team is losing to Michigan State with all that's in with all that's in line, and I don't think that team is losing to Purdue. And then you have you have a you have a you have a chance to do something absolutely insane, just nuts. Like you would have been more surprising than any TCU being up there. Like you're sitting, you're probably you know what I said six. They're probably at five. They're probably mm-hmm. sitting at five right now. Yep. If, if they'd won those two games, they did. They blew it. Yep. They're probably sitting at five right now. And then, you know, you have a shot to play Michigan. And even if you lose, even if you lose, you're going to be 11 and one going into the Big Ten Championship. Or a two. 11. Because they lost Indiana. Yeah. But I'm saying, like, you win that game, you're looking at, I think, a much. Oh yeah, 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 oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So uh, yeah, coulda, woulda, shoulda. Like that should be my uncle. Whatever. I know. I get it. But it just shows you how every possession matters. Doesn't matter what week it is. Doesn't matter who you're playing against. Every possession and every game matters. Don't let anybody tell you differently. And you're and you're looking at some, some of these games where you're like you're like looking back like. This team is one is like two possessions away from this season looking way different. You know, yep. look at look at look at Purdue threw away the game against Penn State and Q's. Easily could be sitting at nine and two. Easily. They they could be they legitimately could be undefeated. <laughs> um if you if if you look at their schedule, other than their loss to Iowa, which is just inexplicable. Um you know, they lost by a score to Wisconsin. They lost by a score of well, three points at Syracuse. They lost by four at home to Penn State. Like, but they, they also could have lost all these games, too. They, they they beat Maryland by two. They beat Nebraska by four. They beat Illinois by a touchdown. FAU by two. <laughs> FAU by two. Like, again, like, you look at all these games, it's like, 
two bounces the ball here, three bounces the ball there. Like Purdue is undefeated here, and we're, we're talking about them differently. Uh, or you know, Illinois is is ten and two, or at the end of the year, and in the an uh, in indie for uh, playing Ohio State for for a Big Ten title. So it's like, and we're talking about the Big Ten West different, right? We're not t- we're yeah. not griping about. There's like four teams that are four and three top of the conference. Like it doesn't make any sense, right? Like we're not having that conversation no. today. We're no, not we're, we're we're not having that conversation at all, and nor would we ever. By the way, because I got I just... <laughs> it's crazy over there. It's absolutely <coughs> over there. Um, anything else with football you're trying to talk about today? Uh, not really. The I mean, I guess we, we can talk quickly about the um, college football playoff rankings. Um, well, let's talk about Michigan, Nebraska. Oh, you want to talk about Michigan, Nebraska first? Let's do that first. Oh yeah. All right. About the CFP. Yeah. Okay. CFP. CFP. <laughs> um, yeah. So the rankings came out last night. We we did a, a room for that for those that weren't able to join us. Um, and again, number one, Georgia stays the same. Number two, Ohio State. Number three, Michigan. I believe Michigan moves up. Um, the number four was TCU undefeated, sneaking ahead of Tennessee. LSU moves up to six, which was surprising. And then number seven came in uh, USC. Um, yeah. So overall thoughts on the rankings. I, I think I said this in the, in the room when I, I came back after I had to do something. Um, like I think this basically secures as long as TCU drops a game to the end of the year. I think it'll be two SEC teams and two Big Ten teams. I you think too big? I don't see two Big Ten teams, bro. I don't. I don't see them putting three SEC teams in. Yeah, I I just I just don't. I don't see eleven to one Michigan making it. I can see eleven to one Ohio State making it as a four. I don't see Michigan making it as a four. I think I see Michigan making it. Who, who do you replace them with, LSU? Michigan would, no. would slip to five, in my opinion. And I think they would, Over who? They who sneaks take, in? I think they would take a one-loss TCU over there. You think they take a one-loss TCU? I don't think they take a one-loss TCU. I think they take a one... I think maybe if USC wins out, they would take a one-loss USC. Especially since they, they play Notre Dame, and they play UCLA, and then they'll play the Pac-12 championship. They'll have three good wins on a trot. But... It, it's still like they still have to win those games. And I, I, for me, it's like I think Michigan loses. Ohio State clearly wins the Big Ten, looks like a fantastic team. And I think if Michigan – I think it all matters in the manner in which Michigan loses. Like if Michigan loses in a very close game in Columbus, I feel like they're going to get the benefit of the doubt from the committee because of how high they've been on Ohio State all year. Listen, would you take – because, look, Tennessee's going to win out. They have South Carolina and they have Vanderbilt, both on the road, albeit – but. Two of those should be wins. I just think the committee would take an 11-1 non-championship contending Tennessee over an 11-1 Michigan. That's where I'm at. I'm just going to disagree on that one. I I don't think they've been very high on um, the Big 12 at all all year, and there's a reason why. Tennessee. Oh, Tennessee? Yeah, I, I, I think Tennessee yeah. still makes it in. I think I think Tennessee almost has a spot guaranteed. They're they're going regardless um, because against. Yeah, I think they're going to wait for whoever slips up between Ohio State, Michigan, and TCU. I think two of those teams are going to slip up at the end of the year. I'm I'm predicting TCU to eventually drop a game here, and so again, if if TCU does drop a game, and it's guaranteed that one of Ohio State or Michigan loses, right? Um, I, I, I think that opens up a spot for, for one of the teams. Whoever loses by less in their game or has a better loss between TCU, Michigan, or Iowa State, I think is going to make it in there. I don't think they're going to – they're not going to throw USC in. I don't think they'll win out. I don't think TCU is going to win out. And I don't think they're going to put a two-loss LSU in. So then who else makes it in? There, there's no – And as we talked about last night, I think it was brought up that the committee does not look at the Pac-12 right now and take them seriously. And I think that was when they had they LSU jump USC. They they take the Big Twelve even less seriously, Ant, because again, the Big Twelve wasn't even in the top four, you know, or even knocking on the door of being in the top four until TCU was ten games undefeated. Like at least at the beginning of the year, you had uh, Oregon was going to was kind of up there, and then you had 
at the beginning of the rankings, you, you know, Oregon was in there and you had, you had USC in there. Like these teams were at least in the top part of the rankings. TCU had to be fully undefeated to be there. Um, so again, I, I think they, they take the big 12 even less seriously than the Pac-12. Are you ready to hear a bold, a bold take? All right, let's hear your bold take. I think it's going to be Georgia at one, Big Ten winner at two. Yeah. Tennessee at three, TCU at four. Okay. I don't think they're going to have, have Georgia-Tennessee play in the first game. I think that makes sense. Um, I think they want to avoid that. I think they want to avoid that. I, I agree. Um, I think this is a bad matchup for, for Tennessee anyways, football-wise. But um, I think it's yes, because you're dealing with, I think, between Georgia, Ohio State, and Michigan, those are three physical football teams. And I would take any of those teams' talent over Tennessee's as well, too. And defensively, mm. they're all going to be ready. For a Tennessee team that knows how to how to uh, score the the uh... yeah yeah they will they have plenty prepared for them um I I I don't disagree with that take as long as TCU wins out and now TCU doesn't win out I I, I think my take is uh, one Georgia because I think they went out easy um, two uh, the winner of Michigan Ohio State um, three TC or not TCU sorry Tennessee. I think four will be Michigan. Um, or the loser of so the Ohio State, Ohio State, Michigan. State. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Loser of Ohio State, Michigan. Okay. Yeah, I think it'll be two SEC, two Big Ten teams. And this will be the final year that we have um, this current playoff system. Because I, 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 people will be so mad that a Big 12 champion did make it in and a Pac-12 champion. But it's clear to me that the two best conferences in college football so far this year have been clearly – the Big Ten and the SEC, and then it's everybody else. Um, and that's just how it goes. I agree there. I agree there. I agree. Um, ready to move on to some hoop ball? Let's do some hoop ball. Let's do some hoop ball. I like a little hoop ball talk. A little hoop ball talk. What do you want to talk about? There's so many teams, games. <clears throat> it's basketball, so there's a game on every day. Michigan's about to play in 40 minutes against you know <clears throat> Pitt, and I have no clue how that game is going to go because – the game against Eastern was like, what are we doing? What is going on? Like, what is this game plan? What are these rotations? Like, come on, Jet. Like, look, like, you can't let your defense impact. You can't let your offense, rough offense, impact your defense. Like, you just can't let that happen. But who will talk about, man? Mm. Anyone. I think, the, I think the biggest story so far, as, as far as it regards the Big Ten, has to revolve around Michigan State. Um, again, they've played the two yeah. biggest games so far out of all the Big Ten teams. They're also easily in the country. In the country, in the country. they're also the only Big Ten team to lose a game. Um, but again, they should have won that game that they should have won. But they've played the two biggest games in the country so far. Um, they just won last night. We're recording this on the 16th. They just won last night on Tuesday. Kentucky. Against Kentucky yeah. in Indianapolis in a wonderful game that we watched. That was, by the way, that event was fantastic. That, that, the whole event was great. That game is going to look better and better as the season goes because when you want to play Kentucky now, because Cal Perry does do a good job of improving his teams over the season, and I think that Kentucky mm-hmm. they aren't the Kentucky that you're going to see in February, right? And when the Michigan State team where you return everyone, right? right? You don't have a lot to really – you have stuff to work on, but you don't have the big holes and the big question marks, right? Their question, their only question mark this year is really, hey, what's going to go on with their big man depth? Uh, what is going to go on with their personnel depth? Because they just don't – they have not personnel depth, roster depth because they only have 10 guys on scholarship – what happens if there's an injury? What happens when there's yep. um, foul trouble? All that stuff, right? Um, I think that this this yep. win, I think people came across unimpressed with Kentucky, but I think mm. Michigan State's defense 
really had Kentucky in shambles all night long, all night long. Getting a little bit overlooked, but they had Kentucky in shambles all night long, forcing contested mid-range, forcing some guys to kind of – they were getting some drives off, but but Michigan State was still forcing Kentucky to score over them, right? They weren't getting blow-bys all the time, but they were forcing Kentucky into very tough, tough shots. It's getting overlooked, but their team defense yesterday was – so good. Tyson Walker's defense, so good. His shot making on the other end was very, very good. He was making plays left and right. He stepped up when Hogard was kind of down. He had like a, a back or like a, a leg injury. I'm not sure what happened, why he was out for certain times. But Tyson Walker, he saw his guy go down. He put himself on the totem pole, right? Tyson yeah. Walker is looking yeah. like one of their better transfers that they've ever gotten in my opinion, uh, being able to come in seamlessly, play his role, uh, attack, and be aggressive when he needs to, uh, kind of let his guys do what they do when they need to. Malik Hall was great. I love his aggressiveness, his willingness to you know, get a little dirty. He didn't settle for his jump shot. He was trying to get to the rim. And uh, really nice balance in this game. Yeah, I, again, I, I thought Mr. State looked very balanced. Um, I think uh, this is something I personally overlooked in the off season, um, which was that Michigan state's starting lineup basically is like almost entirely returning outside of Maddie, Maddie Sissoko. Uh, and so again, they're going to be a more complete team um, in November than most teams are. If you're returning most players, I think I said the same thing about Indiana going into the year and you're returning 90% of scoring, you're going to be a more complete team than the teams that you're playing, adding new pieces. Um, and so again, Kentucky's adding new pieces around uh, Oscar Shashibwe and and uh, you know Toppin and, and Shavir Wheeler. So you know you're kind of you know you have almost a new team for Kentucky, whereas Michigan State's more you know like used to playing with each other, or whatever that they they understand what they're supposed to be doing out there and what the coaches want from them, and, and the roles are more defined. So again, like I, I I think I should have expected this from Michigan State. I just didn't expect them to actually win these games because again I wasn't very high on them going into the year um and I think mostly because I didn't think Maddie Sissoko was going to take such a big jump he actually looks like a legitimate big 10 big guy um he 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 looks smoother more um more controlled uh and it's confidence yeah yeah, yeah. he looks way more confident confident. and everything he's doing on the court um he could probably work on not you know, getting in foul trouble as much. But again, I, I don't think that's necessarily on him as much as it's on uh, the refs calling some, some BS stops to him. So, um, but yeah, uh, again, I, I, I do think I'm very impressed with that. I think uh, Manny Suzuki's looked better. Um, I really liked what I saw from Tyson Walker at the, the end of the game, especially in overtime. I thought he, he looked more confident, was looking for his shot. Um, I think there's still AJ Hogard has, has some work to do as far as, as his offensive output goes, um, still had nine assists. Um, and I'm, I'm saying he still has work to do. Um, and, and Joey Hauser, um, looked extremely confident. He was basically a walking flaming human fireball, um, for about, you know, most of the second half. And that's what really kept Michigan state in it. Um, until, uh, Tyson Walker and Maddie Sissoko took over in o- OT. So, um, you know, I shout out Michigan State for for making the Big Ten look good. Yes, and uh, not just Michigan State beating Kentucky. Um, the Big Ten went went five and zero, and three of those were against high major mm-hmm. programs. Michigan State did beat Kentucky, but also Purdue beat a very pesky Marquette team. Then you had Western go to DC and take mm-hmm. down George Georgetown by twelve. Um, I believe Northwestern was favored by like a point and a half in that game. Uh, and they were in control pretty much the in, the entire game. Uh, Purdue, you had your freshman, Braden Smith. Uh, he came out and had a nice game. Zach Eady was just being Zach Eady, just being large and in charge. His 20 and 13. 33 minutes. What do you what do you think about 33 minutes from Zach Eady? 7-3. His size, 33 minutes, I think that is a – I think that's a positive 
that's a positive moving forward. Yeah, it, it surely is. Um, my question is, how does he play 33 minutes and only have one foul um, on defense? That's confusing to me, especially at his size. He's surely going to, you know, bump into people. Um, Purdue never does. Come on, man. Yeah, Purdue never gets in foul trouble. Uh, Brain Smith had four. So I I guess, I don't know. Um, but, like, anyways, it's like, I forget about the foul call. I, I, you know, that's just the Indiana fan of me talking. No, they look good. Brain Smith. I told you guys going into this year, he's going to be starting point guard. I, I was very high on him yeah, um, the, I, over the summer. Braden Smith fan that, I, yes, you are the biggest Braden Smith fan. Because when I brought him up, you were, you were oogling over Braden. I, I, he's so good. Um, and, and again, like he's one of those guys where I found out he was going to Purdue and I went, oh, no. And, like, those are the best kind of guys to get if, if you're a rival program. Because it's like, I know he's going to kill us in three years. And and, he, and Marquette got a, got a piece of what he's going to be like in three or four years. He's, he's a guard. He does everything. He's a great shooter. He's a, a, a willing defender. Um, you know, he's a freshman, so he's, he's he gotten a little bit of foul trouble this game and, and had a couple turnovers. Um, but, you know, he just kind of takes over the game offensively. Um, when he can, um, and that's kind of crazy for for a, a undersized freshman guard. But he's tough. He, he he's actually built. Um, you know, going into his freshman year, he, he you know he played football and other sports, so he he's like way more muscular um, than a normal freshman is. So he he was ready for this. Um, and again, he showed out against Marquette. It's their first decent team that they've played all year. He's dropped twenty at home in, in his first game. Uh, against a high major opponent, so good for Braden Smith, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> your hate, your hate is coming through right now. Um, oh man, uh, who do you want to talk, talk about next, man? Anybody you want to? I'm down. All right. Well, I you know since I'm up here, I I I deferred to Michigan State first. We can talk about Indiana. Um, you have them at the top of your power ranking so far in the Big Ten. Um, they play Xavier. Um, here on Friday in Cincinnati. Um, so that's IU's for them. Uh, I guess it's for the Gavit games, I guess. So um, that's IU's first big team they've played. They've looked impressive um, so far. Against Sean Miller, huh? Against Sean Miller, yeah, we get to – little revenge for little bro bro, Archie. That's true. We, you know, IU fans clamored for like four years to get Archie and Sean Miller to play each other. And it's finally Archie leaves and we get to play Sean Miller. It's crazy. Mm. Anyways, yeah, I use look good through two games. Um, they've actually played uh, t- one decent team. Moorhead State's favored to win their conference or be an executive in their conference. Um, and we beat them by like 40. Um, and then we went out and, and absolutely destroyed, manhandled uh, Bethune Cookman after they played Iowa. Um, both team, both games, I you shot the ball fairly well from the floor. Um, Miller Cop has only missed two three pointers all year. He's taken like nine. Um, and and I'm we're sitting here and tr- you know Trace is only playing twenty minutes, gets twenty one points against Bethune Cookman. Like the team looks really good. There's still some questions. Xavier Johnson hasn't played very well so far. Um, where's the other shooting going to come from outside of Miller Cop and? and in my opinion, Trey Galloway, um, because uh, Jalen Hinchfino, who's been also very impressive, was 0 of 5 for 3 against the Bethune Cookman. Um, but again, IU just has depth. And you know what? And from those two games, I've noticed that IU is going to roll with nine. So here, here's the nine man rotation for IU um, it's, it's elite. Okay. It's Jalen Hinchfino, Xavier Johnson in the starting lineup. Obviously, they're the two point guards. Um, what Mike Woodson's doing is there's, he's starting both of them and then playing one of them after the under four. He's kind of rotating them so that we all IU always has a, a point guard on the floor. Um, then at the three, it's Miller Cop to start. Race Thompson, yes, he's still in college. At the four, five is Trace Jackson Davis. Um, the four off the bench are uh, Tamar Bates coming in, slasher, um, pull-up shooter type, um, knows his role, has looked very comfortable in it after the, the two exhibition games he played um, the two first games. He's looked very comfortable. Um, Trey Galloway coming off the bench, shooting the ball very well this year. He's more of a, uh, an inter- high energy guy 
can also distribute the ball a little bit himself. Um, George Geronimo has a 45 inch vertical, can shoot the three pointer, um, and can shoot the ball from, from mid range as well. Um, and it's just a high energy rebounder. And then, uh, the, the highlight for me of the two games so far, and that is Malik Renew coming off the bench. He's a six foot nine forward. He's basically akin to Trace, but he hit a transition three pointer in the game against Bethune Cookman that made me fall out of my chair in press row and assembly hall. So shout out for him for giving me a bruise on my hip. Yeah. Um, who's the lineup? It's it's a one possession game. 2.30 left. Nobody's in foul trouble. Who's in the game? Who's in the game? All right, here's the lineup. Who's in the game? Uh, Xavier Johnson at point. Uh, you have Jalen Hinchefino running the two. Not Miller Cop for defensive purposes. Close. It's a close game. You have Trey Galloway in at the three. And then it's Race and Trace. And so it's this, the original starting lineup. You just sub out cop for Galloway for defensive purposes. And that's, that's the, that's the five. That's the game winning lineup that I, you will have the entire year. And that's again, three dudes that can put the ball on the floor and distribute with trace and race. True. True. Now, what is the, when is the next time do you think that they'll have their heart rate up of fans? Uh, the fans, I, I think uh, Friday. I think uh, Xavier's not bad. They're picked to fix uh, to finish towards. I think they're they're picked to, to to finish second in the Big East. Um, so again, uh, they're they're top of the half of their league, top you know elite in, in the Big East as far as as the preseason rankings go. Um, so again, like, how does IU handle you know away from home in the Cintas Center um, in Cincinnati? Like, how do they handle a crowd? You know, you have the two, uh, you know, very highly touted freshmen. It's their first road game. Um, you know, how's that going to how's that going to go? And I feel like it's going to be a close game uh, down to the wire. Um, Xavier's, you know, kind of struggled with opponents that can shoot the ball. So if IU can spread the floor, maybe it'll be more comfortable than it looks right now. But uh, I just have a feeling that IU is going to come out, maybe have a poor shooting night. You know, it's first first away game and kind of, you know, some away jitters to start, and it'll be a close game. So I, I feel like IU's heart rate will be up for that game. Um, but if they can get past that, the next one's Arizona in Vegas. Are you ready for Jack Nungy and Jerome Hunter to go to work on you? No, I'm not. Jerome Hunter is not going to work on IU. That's not, that is not <laughs> happening. That's not happening. This, this guy came into college and was supposed to be a three-level scorer, has not attempted a three-pointer through two games for Xavier um, at all. So uh, I, I'm not worried about him going off. Jack Nungy, though, shooting the ball, I'm, I'm not ready for him to, to make all his shots. Uh, that should be a good game. That should be a good game. Um, how how are we feeling about Illinois? I think there's, I think they're figuring it out, and they have a test coming up against UCLA, where you're playing a defensive minded coach and Mick Cronin. Uh, Illinois, you know, you have, you know, I think their freshmen are coming along. Sincere Harris is coming along. Uh, you have uh, Terrence Shannon is coming along in terms of being the leader on that team, the go to guy, the scorer. Um, this is this game is going to tell me a lot about Terrence Shannon. And look, Terrence Shannon mm. is a good spot up shooter, good athlete, elite in transition, but it's the in between stuff that you want to see a bit more. You know, is he is he just a guy who wants to shoot spot ups and dunk the ball? Or can he be a bit like a Benedict Matherin, right? Someone mm. who is athletic, yeah. who can have a high motor, who can finish at the rim, who can hit you in the little mid-range, can create off the dribble a little bit, uh, can shoot the ball from any distance he wants, uh, and and can be a good, could be a good defender, and someone and someone who can rebound at a high level for his position, right? Um, I think I think this game is right. going to tell me, hey, this is someone who could definitely definitely take take Illinois to another level. Someone who could who is who is no longer Terrence Shannon, 
from Texas Tech. This is Terrence Shannon, who has been unloaded and unlocked, and ready to take his game to another level, which is going to just increase everybody's gameplay around him. Right. Yeah, I, I've been impressed from what I, I've seen from Illinois so far. I, I don't think yeah, – I think they're pretty good, honestly. So um, – and I was high, with them, high on them preseason. I said they, you know, they have a chance to be one of the best teams in the Big Ten, um, if not the best team in the Big Ten by the end of the year. And I, I, I can see it now. And I, I can see – I can kind of see what, what, what they're going to try to be at the end of the year. But, you know, again, they still have a long way to kind of work people in and, and get people um, – you know, get players like – uh, uh, um, uh, Rogers and, and and Meyer and move down and get them along and get them ready to you know play in the big time. We'll see. We'll see. Also, when they get tested down low, um, right mm. now they're able to play um, a lot of forwards, a lot of really versatile players who can you know switch the one through five, and you lose nothing from it. Um, Dane Danger has been really good off right. the bench. Not even up to 20 minutes a game, but he's he's averaging about 17 and 10 right now. And three blocks and three blocks. This is a guy who's six nine, transferred from Baylor, uh, about a seven four or five wingspan, something like that. Um yep. uh, we saw in his very first exhibition game, the first half, he was like he was just getting back into it and his he was his reactions were late and he was getting back into the flow. And by that, and by the second half, he kind of had the game slow down for him, and that's how he's been throughout the last about two and a half games. Where the game he's letting it come to him, and he's dunking the ball, and he's just being a monster on the boards. Mm-hmm. And that's who they need him to be. They they need him to be very different than Coleman Hawkins. Like they don't need him to be a four. Like they need him to be. They need him to be the best version of Dane Danger, right? So yeah. and it comes down to it, man. I think I think yeah. Illinois is gonna figure it out. And I think they're make they're making the right strides. I do want to see what's gonna happen when they get punched in the mouth. Like like what is their psyche? Mm. Who are the guys that you know Underwood is gonna go to? Uh, are they gonna have a lot of freshmen on the court? when, you know, he does need some type of answer. What's going to happen then? And I think we're, we're, we're going to find out a lot about that stuff in these tougher non-conference games where you're not only like, yeah, these teams are playing for, the, for themselves. These teams are playing for themselves. But these games, these games are really helping the conference. The Big Ten going 5-0 and yesterday – Three and zero against other high major conferences. Great. I forgot Minnesota dropped a game. Min- Boo Minnesota out of here. They they dropped a game to DePaul. Minnesota did drop a game a couple days ago to DePaul. Minnesota is missing Jamison Battle. Um, yeah. But I will say this. I will say this about Minnesota. They got a freshman named Pharrell. Named Pharrell Payne. Mm-hmm. Pharrell Payne. Named Pharrell Payne. Oh. You're you're welcome. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> Pharrell Payne. He's about six nine, six nine. Good finisher around the rim. Good energy. He has a chance to be really really good. Uh, Dawson Garcia. Um, I got to see a little bit more. I wasn't impressed. It was he was it was pretty soft out there. I think what Jamison Battle comes in. It's going to allow that team to kind of step into the roles that they need to be in. Um, I do like Talon Cooper, but man, they they need battle back badly, badly. DePaul was going at a speed that looked like Minnesota hadn't done an an agility drill in like months. Like, yeah, yeah, it was really, really bad. <laughs> um, but yeah, they need battle back asap, asapery. Yes, yes, they do. All right, last last team that I was impressed with, Ant was Penn State. They went, yeah, and, and and hosted Butler, um, a team that's not supposed to be that great this year, but still has some some pieces. Um, they have Manny Bates, the uh, NC State transfer. So you know they they have Eric Hunter Jr., the Purdue transfer. They have some guys that people should be familiar with. 
Um, and, and Penn State looked comfortable in this game. Um, they were up at the half. They kind of controlled the game uh, yeah. from there on out. Um, <laughs> Jalen Pickett looks like one of the <laughs> one of the best players in the Big Ten. I'm not even going to lie to you. He had, he had a tough shooting night. Still ended up with a triple double. Yeah. 15 points, 11 assists, 10 rebounds. He does everything for this team, yeah. um, and they they play around him really well. Uh, Seth Lundy hitting threes. Um, the other two guards, you know, doing their thing, playing off of Pickett really well. Um, this team is going to be annoying to play against. They run some really good stuff. Um, they they uh, spread you out. Uh, they can hit from deep. They can, you know, they can kind of get into to spaces. You know, Pickett's not a small guy by any means. You know, he's six foot four, but he plays bigger than he than he what he actually, you know, his actual height. So again, they're going to play with teams, and people are going to get really annoyed uh, of playing Penn State this year because I, I do think they're better than what you have them in your power rankings, and I think they're 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 better than what a lot of people expect from Penn State basketball. Oh, sure, I agree. And here's here's where they are offensively. So I I did the math real really quick, so you, you can correct me if I'm wrong. Whatever, I don't care. Okay, but they're shooting. They've they've made forty four threes in three games, forty four. Yep, and they're shooting it at like forty seven percent. Forty. I can tell you if you're wrong. Thirty forty seven percent. Yes, they're they're shooting forty seven percent from three so far this year. Yep, actually forty eight. Forty eight if you round up because it's forty seven point eight percent from three. Yes, yes, and seven of. Eight of their top scores are shooting at least fifty percent from the field. The one who's yep. not shooting at least fifty yep. percent is their best player. So you're surrounding your best player yep. with guys who are making at least one of every two shots. Yes. Yeah, Mike. They're good. They're really, really, really good. They run good stuff. They are hitting their shots. They look confident. They're going to be scary to play wherever you play them. Like I, I feel like the shooting's going to travel too. Like regardless if they're if they're playing in Happy Valley, <laughs> this team is going to be an absolute terror to play. Yes, Andrew Funk I think is an underrated addition uh, mm. from Bucknell. He is a fifth year senior, I believe. Uh, he's someone who's coming in seamlessly playing 30 minutes, um, 50% from the field, 45% from three. Uh, he's shooting, he's shooting over seven threes a game and he's making, he's making, uh, over three threes a game as well. So averaging 12 points, he's a very steady, steady. He's a very steady player on a team with guys who like to play at that three level, right? But you don't have to have five guys like that, right? You yeah. do need guys who are going to accept right. their role. Hey, look, I am here to space the floor for you, you, and you, okay? You do what you do. If my right. guy interrupts you, let me handle him, right? <laughs> yeah, right. I will yeah. make the three, and I will make his coach pull him out the game for helping off me. Right, exactly. Yeah, I, I again, the the surrounding pieces around Jalen Pickett have been great. Jalen Pickett, I know it's through three games, leads is a team in every statistical category: points, rebounds, assists, steals, blocks. Jalen Pickett leads them in um, per game. So again, I look out Penn State. Look out Jalen Pickett. Like if he continues to play like this, um, and averages somewhere close to a double double, even if he averages fourteen and nine. And six, which is what he averages right now. If he averages that in Big Ten play, he could see himself work. We could see him work himself into Big Ten Player of the Year possibility, um, especially if, if Penn State continues to have a good year and finishes towards the top half of the Big Ten. Um, they're good. They're they're scary. Yeah, man, I really like this team. Uh, I am a believer in them. I think they have a shot to to. I think they got a shot to be a bubble because, look, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. They could be good, but the Big Ten is a menace. It is a menace. And I don't, I don't know how this team mm-hmm. is going to respond to some of these games that, that they have to play. 
right? So I think that they have a shot to compete and be on the bubble. And, you know, they, you know, maybe they can get to that point where they can, they can make some, you know, have a good one to two weeks where they, they're in the tournament. I don't, I don't right. know how this team is going to battle adversity, right? Like, how are you going to battle adversity? Because mm. if you don't know how to battle adversity in the Big Ten, you're going to get dropped off. Look, Minnesota right. last year, I believe they they were like right. eleven and one at one point in time. Even Northwestern, they were like what nine and zero oh, or nine and one at one point. But then just, yes, yeah, then both teams off. fell off a cliff. Why? Because yep. the Big Ten is the best coached conference, top to bottom. And I don't think it's close. Mm. This conference rent is about to run off Fred Hoiberg. Like that's how good of a conference yes. this is. Fred Hoiberg is a good coach. Fred yeah. Hoiberg is yeah, he's a really good coach. You're in a conference where Chris Collins. I mean, he got to the NCAA tournament one time. This is someone who's like Duke through and through, passionate. He knows the game of basketball. This is someone who has put in work. For uh, I believe he's worked with USA Basketball as well. Um, yeah, Chris Collins. Chris Collins gets a lot of hate. He's a he's a good head coach. He's not a great head coach. He's a good head coach, yeah. and he's working at a school where he has to, you know, like kind of like Michigan had a problem with Terrence Shannon this summer. You have to work with like the uh, you know, but, but he's not that problem with, uh, at all levels. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's yeah. tough. It's hard. It's really really hard, and. Um, and then, like, he had two of his best players are starting at Duke in North Carolina this year. <laughs> think, yep. think about that. <laughs> think about yep. that. Two of his best players, two of his best players are starting at Duke and North Carolina. Right? That's how, that's how bad it was. So, like, you have to kind of take a step back and realize – you're 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 seeing lottery picks come through this conference. Guys like Keegan Murray and Jay Nivey, they didn't win the Big Ten. They didn't, they didn't win the Big nope. Ten. They were successful. They had games were a little bit a little off. You know, it was a little tough for them. But man, like the Big Ten is the best coach conference. And the way that the and then the way that the conference plays, uh, it's very hard to prepare for, because you're either going to play that way or you have to play so different that it's still going to get you over the hump. So Penn State is going to have to figure that out. How are we going to be different but still effective? And I think Fred Hoiberg, he tried to be different, mm-hmm. was not effective at all. Coach Beeline, he was different, but he was effective. Right. Um, so Penn State, very offensively driven. They're not really, uh, hey, you have to rely on our bigs. They're going to re- rely on their guard play, their, their bigger guards. They're like kind of like fullback, tight end type wings. And they're going to try to figure it out. But, you know, they're going to play a little bit differently. Are they going to be able to hold up? Are they going to be able to take two losses? Are they able to lose two times in a row? Can you lose two times in a row and not make that turn into five times in a row? Right? You got to get a win or two after you lose a couple. Like, you don't go on five-game losing streaks. That's not what tournament teams do. So they got to figure it out. Um, And this is a new team dealing with success. Dealing with success is hard as well, too. Um, but this is a team that you've been high on for a while. This is a team that, you know, Shrewsbury, we believed in him as a coach. Um, so this is going to be a team to definitely monitor here in the next couple of weeks. Absolutely. Kind of see how they do in the rest of their non-conference games, and then that will kind of give you a good indicator of what they could possibly be in the Big Ten. Uh, any last thoughts before you have to go do this Michigan uh, space for the Michigan Penn State game, or Pitt game, but Michigan Pitt game. <laughs> um, it is nice to. It is really nice to have. It's, it's really nice to have a conference where, like, um, like 
it's not it's not an absolute cluster. And it is nice to watch teams where you know, you know people are for the most part doing things the right way, recruiting the right way. Um, this chaos in the in the uh, Big Ten West, yeah, it's a it is a terrible it's a terrible division. Yes, but at the same time, it's a lot of fun. It's completely chaotic, and like I had to run down. Hey, these are the reasons why. Hey, if this team has this happen, this team has this. There's four teams that could win the Big Ten West when it's all said and done. Um, and then you have a Big East, a, a Big Ten East race with Michigan, Ohio State. Will they take a second Big Ten team? Who knows? You know, I don't think Penn State's getting respected the way that they should when both of their losses are to number two and number three in the country. And they pretty much done well against everybody else, right? Um, right. They just stomped Maryland. Stomped. It was like 30 to zero, right? It wasn't even close. Wasn't even yeah, close. And you, and you know what Penn State did over the summer? They put a billboard about Penn State in downtown Baltimore saying, look at with the with pictures of Maryland recruits. Saying, you need <laughs> to send your kids here. Like you need to send your kids to Penn State. That's so petty. <laughs> Do that and then and then beat Maryland 30 to 0. Come on. Come on. That's that's like that's like a double, bro. Like, man, man, you can't get you can't get bullied all summer and then get knocked out a few, a few months later in front of everybody. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, it's, that's messed up. That's messed up from the goat. Especially, especially when you're a Maryland team who really you're not that bad. Like you're pretty talented on the outside. You should be able to score points, but to put up a donut against them, come on, bro. Come yeah, on. That's that, cannot that cannot happen. But either way, uh, great conference. I love covering them. I love talking about them. I love breaking them down. I love, you know, dealing with the uh, crazy fan bases because they're all the same. It's just a matter of what school they root for, you know? Uh, <laughs> that's true. But uh, er- everybody wants to see their team do well. Nobody wants to see their team lose. And, um, you know, when there is that collision course, uh it makes for uh, prime entertainment. Woof. But, yo, about to get ready for this Michigan pit game, uh, and then we'll kind of see who wins that and where teams are at tomorrow. But uh, thanks, you guys, for listening. I appreciate you. Yep. Thanks, guys. Later, man. Later. Peace.